Luke chapter 10. And I will read from verse 25 onwards. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly, do this and live. I have spoken through the Spirit of God a number of times on this chapter. God has spoken to us in many different ways. I encourage you to uh, go back and listen to those messages. It will really benefit you. And we shall see what God will speak to us today. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this. And you will live. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? We've seen this many, many times happen in ministry where people will come and ask for something. I really want to know God's will. I really want to know the answer to this. Hoping not to hear. The real answer from God. Wanting to hear what they want to hear. But when the answer comes, even though they know what is being said, they'll try to press in to see. Or when the Spirit of the Lord brings something to light, they go around trying to evade that question. Trying to not really look at the problem. Trying to Avoid the solution which can actually bring them life. God is speaking at this hour. Justifying oneself in order to look good in front of people or in order to look good in front of one's own self is looking for destruction and death. That's not the way to go. It is better to know the truth. It is better to know what is wrong so that you can fix it. It's better to know that you're sick than to pretend like you're well. It's better to know your true condition than to act like everything is okay. And then have disaster strike you suddenly. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? It's not that he really didn't know who his neighbor was. How many of you have done this? How many times have you done this? When the spirit of God is clearly zooming in on something, you just want to go around and around and around and around and around while the solution is right in front of you. So the question that Jesus answered was who is your neighbor? Lord, who is my neighbor? So the parable here that Jesus talks about is, 
who this man's neighbor was. Our focus is not that this afternoon, says the Holy Spirit. It's not going to go into the Good Samaritan story. The Good Samaritan story was given as an answer to who is my neighbor. The focus that the Spirit of God wants to have his people really focus on is the verses prior to that. The question that the man is asking to Jesus Christ was someone who knows the scripture. He knows what's written in the scripture. He knows the answer already to his question. This is someone who is not keeping what he should be keeping, which is a law. This is someone who knows the answer but did not live by that answer. This is someone in his mind he wants the truth but in his heart didn't have the desire to follow the truth. God is speaking at this hour. See where you are. You don't want to be someone who says, I want it, I want it, I want it in your mind, but in your heart, you don't have the character to pay the price. If you want to inherit eternal life, what are you supposed to do? Jesus asked him this question. While you are asking me this, Lord, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus didn't say, well, A, B, C, and D, do this and you'll be fine. No. He knew that the man knew the answer. He knew that this man knew the word of God. He's coming to Jesus Christ. Wanting to hear what he wanted to hear. Not what Christ had to say, but what he wanted to hear. Let no one come to the presence of God wanting to hear what you want to hear and not what God wants to say. That no one comes to the presence of God knowing that what you should do, but not wanting to do what you should do. Hoping to come and hear something different. Oh, God will bless you. God will heal you. God will prosper you. God will do this for you. And, you know, but tomorrow you will get you know, this. And day after tomorrow you will get that. We as God's people should be people of character. People who should not look for shortcuts. I want to say it again. Be a person of integrity and be a person of character. Be able to put in what you have to put in to get out what you need to get out from what you put in. Don't put in a little bit and expect a huge dividend to come from the little that you're putting in. Whatever effort you put in, 30%, your output is going to be based on your 30% effort. You seek God 30% and live for yourself 70%. That's the output that you're going to get. You seek God 50% and live for yourself 50%. Your output is going to be based on what you are putting in. input. If you seek God 10% and say, oh, no, I have no time and 90% and I'm full of the cares of the world, then your output is going to be based on 10%. Imagine that. If a person is not eating right and a person is not digesting right. What's going to happen to that person? Oh, I eat 10% of the time. You know, there are a lot of people justify. I eat 10% of the time. 90% of what's happening to your body is getting destroyed. 
Is that okay? Wisdom will say that it's not. God is speaking to our hearts today. The man knew right from wrong, but still went to Jesus to find out the answer for what he already knew. Don't be a believer. Already knows the answer, but you want to find out still. Not because you really want to know, but because you didn't have the integrity to do what you already knew to do. This man stood up and he came to Jesus because he wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. Will Jesus give a person what they want to hear? He is the one who will speak the truth because he is the truth. He came and he stood before Jesus. He said, even though I know the answer, I'm going to ask Jesus, let me see what he says. You know, that attitude, the spirit behind it, is not good. It's not good. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Looks like a very spiritual question, but what is his motive? He's coming there to test Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus looked at Satan and he said, you shall not tempt or test the Lord your God. You know the answer to it already. Having known the answer to it, don't try to see if you can get something else from God. You know already what his answer is going to be. If you really want to know the truth, go to the Lord looking for the truth because you want to receive from him, not because you already have it and you really don't want to do it. You're trying to see if he can give you something different than what you already have. God is speaking to our hearts today. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Is eternal life that important to this man? Think about it. If it was so important for this man, don't you think that he would have done what he already knew? Being a teacher, being a lawyer, being someone who knew the word, being someone who studied the scriptures? Is he really interested in inheriting eternal life? Many people will come as if they love the truth, they want the truth. Oh, we're so touched by it. We really want to come. A lot of talk. But inside their heart is something else. Their heart is after the God of this world, not the God of heaven and earth. This man was such a person. Teacher. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? God is speaking at this hour. Check your heart. Check your motives. Check what you're after. Are you pursuing God for who he is? You know how you'll know if you're really pursuing God for who he is? You'll be doing whatever he tells you to do. That's what will show if you're serious about eternal life. Are you serious about your soul? Are you serious about your eternal life? Are you serious about what God has told you to do? If that is the case, then you will be doing that which you already know. If you don't do that which you already know and you're trying to come and see oh, what different can I get today and and uh, what will I hear today? Is anything new? And uh, I know this was already spoken some time back or I know that God spoke about this. 
what are you doing with what God has given to you? That which God has given to you, what are you doing with it? That's what Jesus is asking him. What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Obviously, he's not living it. What is your understanding of the scriptures? What does the Bible say? Jesus knew that he knew the word. So with knowledge that you've gained, what is your practical application of that which you've heard of? And it came from God Almighty. What is written in the law? What is that law? Is it man's teaching or God's teaching? It was God's commandments given by God through Moses to the people. So, what are you doing with what has been given to you and trusted into your hands? God is speaking at this hour. What are you doing with it? All the messages that you get from God during the morning calls, during the meetings, during the services. What are you doing with it? How much of it is actually going in? This lawyer looks good before people. He has all the Jewish traditions. can follow the Sabbath. He can give his tithes and offerings. He can go to the temple. He can do all kinds of things. But what God required of him on a deeper level which God has shown in this word, the most important thing was missing. All the externals were done right. But the inside was not kept for God. What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? That is asking this day. What is your reading of it? What has God spoken to you? What has he spoken to you? What has God told you to do? In short, have you done that which God has told you to do? Have you followed that which God has told you to do? Or are you like this man? As soon as the Lord said, what does the Bible say? You know all the scriptures. I know from Genesis and I know in the middle of Isaiah, I know some Psalms and I know Proverbs and I know the history behind it and I know the maps and I know the geography of it and I know the whatever apocalyptic revelation. I know the end times thing from Daniel and I know all the minor prophets and the major prophets and I know about the creation and I know about what will happen in the end times. You know, all these things. And when Jesus asked you this, you're able to just say, it. oh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. You can just say it. You can just say it. And not live it out. Jesus said to him. You've answered rightly. Do this. And you will live. The reason why God gives his word to us. Is for us to live. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
The reason why God speaks to us, the reason why God gives his word into our hands through God's servants, like how God gave the law of God through Moses, it's called the law of Moses, to the people. It is for the people to take it seriously and do it, live by it. Many of them didn't. And Jesus says this, right? You said these things, you know, you have it here, but you don't have it here. You can have it in your head, but if you don't have it in your heart, you are a zero. Go work on that. Work on what you know. Then you will left. I don't have to tell anything extra to you. You know the answer to it. Just go and do that. You have all the right answers. Having all the right answers and the wrong actions will take us to a place of death. But if you have the right answers and the right actions to match with your right answers, then you will live. Simply put. You have the right answers and you have the right actions to match the right answers. You will live. You will live. Jesus said, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. In 2024, this first Lord's Day, God has already spoken many things to you. From day one to all the way now. With all that the Lord has spoken, are you being a person who says, I know the answers to it, Lord. You ask me about fasting, I'll answer. You hear all these things in the meetings, right? You, you're so familiar with it. Well, I know what delusion is. I know what being holy is. I know what being separated from sin is. I know what it means not to be a hypocrite. I know not to do this. I know what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, I know what it means to have an active faith, not a passive faith. I know a lot of things from the book of James. God will hold you accountable for what you know. God will hold you accountable for what you know. If something has been given to you, God will say, I gave this to you. What did you do with this? A merchant gave one talent to one person, his worker. He gave two to another and he gave five to another. And he said, I'm going, I will return. And the guys knew. When he returns, he is going to expect that which is given to be multiplied and given back to the master. The one who had the one took that and he buried it. The one who had two took that and he did something with it. The focus and the emphasis here is what are you doing with what has been given to you? The one who had two took that two and he multiplied that. He did something with it. That something was not wasting it away, but he took that and he 
multiplied it in the right way. Then you had the one who had five, he took that and he multiplied that in the right way. The one who had one was full of excuses. He was evil. A dishonest person is an evil person. If you don't like to hear it, hear it. You should. If you're dishonest about yourself, you are evil. You need to get rid of that evil. Part yourself from that evil so that you don't become evil yourself. Honesty is the foundation to living a righteous life. If that honesty and the integrity is not there, you try to present an image all the time, know that you're living a life of deception and you're not living a life of truth. Those who try to put an image and deceive will be deceived themselves. God will give them over to a lie because they've embraced the lie and rejected the truth. What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What is it? What is your reading of it? What is your understanding of it? Jesus knew already that he was not keeping it. When you keep the word of God, it'll produce life. You won't even have a question about whether you're going to inherit eternal life or not, or what should I do to inherit eternal life? If you have the word of God inside of you, as the psalmist says, you'll be on the path of righteousness. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And those who walk in that righteous path are walking with God. It's his path. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. This is a very important scripture. A scripture that every single one should know. Not here in your heads, but in your heart. Know in your head and in your heart. It's very important. You need to become one with that scripture. This is the foundation of self-denial. If you don't love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, you won't have the capacity to love your neighbor as yourself. When you love God with everything that is within you, you are going to have a tight fellowship with God Almighty. When you have a tight fellowship with God Almighty, you are going to become like him. That's a byproduct of it. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you will love your neighbor as yourself. It's a byproduct. It's not something that you manufacture. Oh, I got to give this $50 there so that I can show God that I love my neighbor as myself. No, no. You will give what you need to give because of his love flowing through you. It's not the other way around. You're not trying to work something out to prove who you are to God. The proof will automatically come because you are connected with God. When that connection is wobbly and that connection is interrupted is when you'll have a hard time producing the proof or the fruit unto righteousness, unto repentance. God is speaking at this hour. If loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is present, loving your neighbor as yourself will spontaneously come. 
sacrificing, laying down one's life for someone else will spontaneously happen. It won't be something that you're sweating over and saying, oh, Lord, give me grace to lay down my life. Give me grace to lay down this way. Give me grace grace to um, do this for this person. And I don't feel like doing it and I don't feel like giving it, but I want to give it and give me grace to give and all these things. Now, you can pray all those prayers. You can do it. But that's not the best way to go about doing it because working it out through Christ working through us will bring the fruit of the spirit that comes from the spirit of God through his spirit working in us. That's how it works. That's how it works. It's very different from a human being spontaneously talking. And you have a bird uh, trying to talk like how you're talking. It can't be the same thing. If the inside is not transformed to the image of Jesus, no matter how you try to imitate Jesus, it will not work out. It won't. If your insides are not transformed by the working of the Lord God Almighty, but you're not loving God like you should, that means you're not making your choices based on what God would love. You're not doing that. Then you're not going to be able to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is the Old Testament standard, which is really good standard. But the New Testament standard is you're not loving your neighbor as yourself. You're loving the neighbor as yourself and your, you're not stopping there, I should say. Loving your neighbor as yourself is there. But you're not stopping there, but you're loving your fellow believer or your brother or sister in Christ, just like how Jesus loves you. Jesus loved you. No excuses whatsoever there. If you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you will love your neighbor as yourself, and you will love your fellow believer just like how Jesus loves you. Exactly like how he loves you. When this happens, laying down yourself is not an issue at all. You will gladly lay down your life. Jesus said this, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's not going to feel frustrated over it. It's a spontaneous thing. It's a spontaneous thing that happens in the life of a believer when the connection with God is there. When people see you, how will they know that you belong to Jesus? By the sweetness that comes out of your speech, not a pretentious speech, but it spontaneously flows out of you. The way you carry yourself, the way you converse with people, it's a natural thing that flows. You don't become uptight when you see some people. and You don't become really mushy when you see some people. That's not the nature of Christ. You don't do tit for tap when you see some people. That's not the nature of Christ. How did Jesus love you? Do you think that you're such a lovable person? Such a perfect person that God came and he saw you. Oh, my spotless gem. I love you so much. How did Christ love you? Christ loved you when you were unlovable. Christ loved you when you were ungodly. Christ loved you when you were treacherous. Christ loved you at your lowest point. And do you think that after you got saved, you reached the height of perfection right away and Christ saw you as a spotless bride and he loved you. How many times 
Have you gone to God and said, sorry for what you did? How many times? Five times? Five times? I'll say you're lying if you say five times. How many times? How many times has God forgiven you? How many times? How many times? How many times did God look at your reaction? And he was not just not happy with it. He felt sick about it. But you went to him and you said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel sick about it myself. I'm sorry. And you repented for it. And God took you right away. He took you in right away. Yet when someone does something to you, you hold it against them. When you do that, you know who you're like. The parable that Jesus said. One guy who owed something to someone. That guy should have gone to jail. But he was forgiven. He was let go. This guy who was let go of. Not put in prison. Now he goes out and he says to the other guy, well, you did this to me. You did this to me. You did this to me. Love keeps no record of wrong. If you say that you love people like how Jesus do, you will not have record of wrong. The Jesus kind of love will be a love that will look beyond what a person does. You don't empower them in their sin. You don't say that, oh, I love them and let them do all kinds of wrong things and say that I'll close my eyes to every wicked thing that you do. No. Love forgives. Love doesn't hold bitterness. Love will say when it's wrong that it is wrong, not in an arrogant way, but in a loving way. Love is not easily provoked. Love will correct a person when the person needs to be corrected. Love will not keep a person in sin and say that because I love you, I will not say anything to you. Do whatever you want to know. That's a person who hates that person at the point. When you truly love someone, when they are wrong, you're going to say that they're wrong. But not in a way that will tear them down. But in a way that will show them what they're doing is wrong. But at the same time, give hope to their hearts. God is speaking at this hour. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? The person that God has in your life is your neighbor. You can go home and you can read the rest of this entire section. They'll speak volumes to you. The person that God has right next to you, in your home, in your church, should be the one that you should love, just like how you love yourself. It's important. Because someone treated you the same way or someone treated you differently, your reaction shouldn't be based on how they treat you. If you do that, then you live like a Pharisee at that point. If someone has done something wrong to you or you perceive that someone has wronged you, 
loving your neighbor as yourself is how you want others to treat you. That's how you treat them, even if they don't treat you right. And Jesus said this. Don't salute the person who just salutes this. Now he's not saying, don't say good morning to those who are saying good morning. No, he's saying, don't just say good morning just to those who say good morning to you. Those who don't say good morning to you, you go and you say good morning to you. That's how you know, that's how you're going to show that you belong to God. Not just for the people, but even to God. Because the heavenly father, he shows sunshine on the righteous and the wicked. These are not my words. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is important to have love at the core of your being. He wanting to justify himself. Yes. So who is my neighbor, Lord? And Jesus gave the answer for that. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, make sure you follow the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ will stand before you on that last day. And the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ will cause you to live. You be what Christ wants you to be. Don't try to take the speck out of someone's eye. When you have a plank in your own eye. For many people, they feel like, I have no plank. I am perfect. I have no plank. They have. Those are the very people who have a big log in their eyes. It is so important not to be your own judge, but to go to the spirit of God and have the spirit of God thoroughly examine you. Not like this man. God is speaking at this hour. It's a very important point that the spirit of God is speaking. So please pay close attention to this. You will give no room for the Holy Spirit to do any work in you. If you go to God with an attitude of perfection that I am right. And someone is wrong. If you have the attitude. Before God saying that. I know what I'm doing Lord. And you know how much I love you. And I know you love me. So. I give a score for myself. Thinking that the spirit of God gave. Because I'm here to justify myself. That's the worst place for someone to be in. When you say that I'm doing good, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. God cannot help you. But it's so important for you to know that you go to God and you say, Lord, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the paths of righteousness. If you want to be led by God in the paths of righteousness, you should be someone who... Let God thoroughly examine you. Not have a defensive mode or a justifying mode. That's not going to help you. God is speaking at this hour. What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? God is asking this question to you. These questions, two questions. What does your Bible say? What have you heard all this time? What have you heard on love? What have you heard on peace? What have you heard on what Christ has said? What have you heard about the heart of Jesus? If Jesus is crying and he's crying and he's crying and he's crying and saying, Father, may there be one as how we are one. Do we have the concept of it? Have we grasped even a tiny bit of what God is saying? The oneness that Jesus talks is 
about the oneness that he had with his father while he was on the face of the earth. And he wants the same oneness in his body, in the church of God. Exact same oneness. He's yearning for it. He's longing for it. Do you care? That's why he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So close to God. When? When? When you lay aside everything and you say, Lord, I'm going to be the one who will wipe off those tears from your eyes. We are saying, oh, let there be oneness, let there be oneness, let there be oneness. You should be a person who does not let Lucifer come and twist anything in your mind and then justify about it. You should be a person who will say, no matter what the enemy tries to say, I want to be Jesus. So help me God. How can you be Jesus unless you are knit together with him day and night? When that me, myself, and I is gone, as a dead person, no matter how many times you poke, it's not going to do anything to them. Those are the people who will not have any outer covering. and They will not say, I want to guard my heart and I want, I'm going to protect myself. And That means self is not gone. It's fully there. But when the self is gone, no matter how much you are poked, it's not going to do anything to you. No matter how much you poke. When you poke a dead person, can you get a reaction from them? No. When a person is truly knit together with Jesus Christ, such people will exhibit the first Corinthians 13 love. Not here, but here in your heart. Those are the people who will not get offended. Those are the people who will not be easily provoked. Those are the people who will overlook the faults of someone and be there to encourage people. Those are the people who will be the peacemakers. Those are the people will lay down their lives so that others can live. Those are the people who won't look at themselves, but look at the next person. Those are the people who have a sacrificial agape love. Those are the people who will not look for honor and respect and appreciation and commendation. Those are the people who will live to serve and not look to be served. That's true ministry. True ministry is not like, you know, how I'm treated and how everybody will look at me and, and, uh, how people can serve me. No. True ministry is laying down your life. True ministry is how you can serve. That's what true ministry is. True ministry is void of ego. True laying down oneself is void of ego. True laying down oneself is death to ego. Death to self. Death to anything. The people can say that, oh, this triggered me, that triggered me. You won't have anything to trigger you because you're dead. That's what self-denial is. But how will that happen? How will that happen? There are a lot of people who say in words, right? They can say this about me. It doesn't bother me. They can say this. But the truth is, while they're saying it, stuff, you can see that it's bothering them. That's living in deception. But when you really look at Jesus Christ... Having loved us to the very end. When you look at Jesus Christ, when you look at his face, you can see, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
you can see his face and you know that all you can see is love. God is speaking to our hearts today. What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What has God spoken to you? What have you done with it? To what extent are you being a doer of the word of God? You may come and say, Lord, give me the gifts of the spirit. Lord, I want to be used of you. Lord, I want to do this. And God says, well, you know what to do. Have you done it? Whatever I've told you, are you becoming what I've told you to become so that your vessel can be pure so that I can pour into it? Are you? Are you? Are you? As we hear these questions in the presence of God, these questions that come to the hearts of God's people from God Almighty himself, are you going to be a person who truly walk in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ? That the nature of Christ is seen and in through your life. That you truly love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And by being in such love relationship with God, that you look so much like him. The people who look at you know that you are in love with him. That you are living with him. The people who look at you, all they can see is his love flowing through you. That you love your neighbor as yourself and you love your fellow believer just like how Jesus loved you. And Jesus just looks at you and he says, this is my consolation. He's my consolation. She is my consolation. Because they're loving people. as how I have loved them. I want to see that oneness in the body of Jesus Christ. I want to see oneness in the house of God. Oh, Father, just like how we are one, may they be one. Do you want to become an answer to the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ? God has asked me this question. Do you want to become an answer to the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you someone? Who says, oh, he prayed 2,000 years ago. Well, it has got nothing to do with me and I do whatever I want to do and And they do this and I cut them off and they do this and I put them away and they do this and I'm not going to respond to them. And they do this. I'm going to do these things, but I'm not going to treat them like how I treat this person. Oh, let no trait of Lucifer be seen in you. God is speaking at this hour. Are you going to be an answer to the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ for this church? That's the prayer that Jesus has prayed. That's the prayer that Jesus is still praying. That's the prayer that the Spirit of God prays through the shepherds that God has placed over here. Oh, Father, just as I'm one with you, may these people be one. Will the people of this world who step inside our church, will they see you and know that you belong to God by seeing the display of God's love? Not a fake one, but a real one. Will they see that? Will they see that? Will they see that? Not something manufactured, but something that comes out spontaneously. Will they see that? 
there's some will become an answer to that prayer of Jesus. Do you want to be one among those? Or you say that I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm very careful about myself and I'm very protective of myself and my image and my name and, and who I am and that I is like so strong, ugly self that shows up every single time that you are pampering them and grow, pampering it and growing that monster within you. God is speaking to your hearts today. You want to succeed in the kingdom of God. Death to self is the fundamental thing. When you lay down yourself, you have that connection with Jesus Christ. You have found something of worth, something that is of value. You're going to step on everything else that is hindering you from reaching that most valuable thing. Apostle Paul did. He counted everything as dumb. So he may gain Christ because he found the most precious thing. Have you found the most precious thing? If so, what are you doing with it? Are you treasuring it or are you trashing it? Oh, this lawyer, he found the word of God. The word of God was given to him. He read it, but he was not living by it. And the word was not causing him to live because he was not a doer of the word. You can say all the right answers, but if you don't do it, you will not live. Oh, you've answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Be a doer of the word of God. And be someone who's connected to God all the time. Let the love of Christ flow through you. So that you can become an answer to the prayer of Jesus. I pray that every single one gets what the Spirit of God is saying. These are very deep things God is speaking at this hour. I hope you are receiving that which God is giving at this hour. Becoming an answer of the prayer of Jesus is a big thing. Big thing. You can only become an answer. Jesus' prayer. By becoming one with him. You're so one with him. Whatever is seen in you and through you is only Christ. Only Christ. Only Christ. Shall we all close eyes and look to the Lord? Father, thank you, Lord, for giving this time. Once more, to sit at your feet, Lord. To hear your words of life. Father, you have spoken through your servant to your people. May people be like the good ground that received it gladly and produced fruit. May they not be like the ground that temporarily rejoiced, but then didn't have the heart to clear out the clutter that was there. So lost everything that was invested into that ground. Every single one here become an answer to the prayer of Jesus. So bless your people, Lord. May they become doers of your word by 
truly loving you with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's 2024 maybe a year where they'll truly walk with you like how Enoch walked with God. May they truly become like you. Radiating the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth of Christ. May they truly become like you. By being one with you. And truly be people who promote oneness actively. Promote oneness in the house of God. And become the answer to the prayer of Jesus. That no serpent spirit, Leviathan spirit, is allowed to work in this house of God through anyone. That each one may become an answer to the prayer of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the glorious work that you accomplished in our midst. And the glorious work that you accomplished this afternoon in our midst, Father. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise for what you alone can do through your mighty power. Bless your people this afternoon. And throughout this week, O oh Lord, may they meditate on what you have spoken, that they may bear much fruit. With this blessing, I bless your people with it. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people be doers of your word and not hearers only. To be people who truly love you with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. To be people who will actively be peacemakers. To be people who lay down their lives and truly love the neighbor with their own self. And love the people of God, just like how Jesus loved them. And become answers to the prayer of Jesus. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit, rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Jesus.